This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Big. The Raptors hung around, obviously, with the Jazz on the second night of a back-to-back. They played a good game for a lot of it, and a lot of people are going to be focused on the free-throw disparity, and I understand why, because those numbers are always a little bit jarring, and people are typically bothered by free-throw numbers because it's just a number they can point to and say, hey, look, my team is getting screwed. What's happening here, man? And the Raptors, we've been running into this type of dialogue more often because they don't pressure the rim well on offense. Even the guys who do get downhill don't really, they're not very good at getting interior defenders off balance, especially Fred Van Vliet. And with that said, Fred probably deserved to be an all-star this year if you buy into analytics, which many fans do. So I'm not trying to throw shade at Fred. It's just his game is not friendly to free throws. He has the ball a lot. Maybe Pascal could get a couple more free throws, but w- does that make a huge difference to you over the game? Does that completely change the narrative in your mind? I'm not sure. And the Raptors defensively, they foul a lot because they have a very aggressive defensive scheme that takes a lot of risks expecting their players, A, to be out of position to some degree so that they can force turnovers because they rely on transition offense, and B, Being out of position and expecting players to recover means that, A, if they don't recover, they'll be in a bad position and have to foul. And B, even if they do recover, guys compensate sometimes, and then it'll leave a different rotation out of whack, meaning there's a closeout to attack or a misplaced defensive rotation to the basket where a guy has to reach over with his hand and just try and contest out of position, and you send guys to the line. It's it's very tough. With hard rotations, the Raptors are constantly putting the refs in a position where they have to make bang-bang calls, whereas a more conservative defense like the Jazz, they're operating within their shell more often, whereas the Raptors is like flying bodies and a lot of that. Don't get me wrong. There are a few players better than Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi at being a flying body under control. And that's where if people want to say... There were some ticky-tack calls that were made where the Jazz got to go to the free-throw line. That's fine, honestly. I just, 
I'm not super interested in the ref dialogue. I think it's nobody cares when the Raptors are up like what 42 to 26 in the second quarter and have like 11 less free throws than the other team because they're ahead and nobody's noticing that the Raptors aren't getting to the line when they're scoring the ball well from downtown. It's a little bit funny that we're here complaining about conspiracy perhaps when the Jazz themselves were complaining about ref conspiracy, what, like two weeks ago? Maybe that was All-Star break. In, in the past month, they've been complaining about ref conspiracy. Typically, my take is that every team, every fan base thinks they're getting boned, man. And they're, they're pissed. They're like, give my guys the damn free throws or get the hell out of here. We hate you, you stupid ref. But then, you know, if the Raptors are getting a good whistle and a fan from another fan base were to chime in and be like, hey, this is crap, you'd be like, oh, whatever, loser, complain about the refs, you know? And it's just, and I understand people get mad about the refs because refs make mistakes. But I think they make them fairly even across the plane of the NBA. Now, there's some guys who get superstar calls. Superstar calls are a thing. I think that's fair. I just don't think there's a conspiracy against the Raptors. With that said, though, a lot of positives in this game, and it would have it would have been really, really good for the Raptors to get OG back and then look and Flynn and everybody and say, like, okay, this team, we just beat the Jazz. Let's start the run. Let's get it going. The team is healthy. We have a very clear indication that we're good. Maybe we could go get somebody at the trade deadline, upgrade the center position, whatever, something. Losing a game to a team on a back-to-back hurts a little bit. But the good news is that Fred was awesome. Pascal was awesome. OG was awesome. Hey, that's your future. Those three guys were great on both sides of the floor. I thought that there was so much to enjoy in the way they moved defensively, in what they did offensively, and... To have that type of output from those three guys, very, very fun. I'll never get tired of it. OG putting so much pressure on the Jazz as a defender. Four steals, no turnovers, six of eight shooting. Was just, he's a genius on that end. And it's little plays that he continues to make where he covers guys' mistakes and then catches up to his own primary and then can cover another mistake after doing that. Like he's solving problems at every instance. And when the Raptors break down, having guys like Fred, Pascal, and OG to start plugging in holes, three guys out of a five-man unit, they can make up a lot of ground. And OG Ananobi might be the most gamble-heavy but never looks like he's gambling player. Like, he's never caught out. He's always, if you see him jump the passing lane, it's basically like, oh, there's a dunk on the other end. And if he's going up the court with the the pass that he's jumping, if he's getting it to the sideline or whatever, he's going to tip it if he's covering the baseline, which he did very well in this game because the Jazz love to make passes along the baseline after they attack a closeout. OG cut a lot of those off, and they had to pop back out to above the break without the Raptors, what would the term be, corrupting the integrity of their uh, defensive shell. That was That was great to see. And OG... He's a marvel to watch defensively. The way he moves on defense is so intelligent and it is just made more impeccable and more impressive by his on-ball defensive chops and his length, his strength. 
Very, very impressive. Pascal, same thing. He is maybe the ultimate mistake eraser. Like you, you think you have Pascal, but you don't. He's always going to catch up. He always gets back into the spot. And Fred, Fred makes you pay if you let him get close. Like you should, you should pass away before Fred gets there. And that's the antithesis of what you usually want to do. Like in the post, his dig downs or whatever, or if he's just pinching in on a drive, usually you want the guy to get as close as possible because you want to manipulate the defense. You want to get the guy in and then you want to make the pass, but you want him as far out of position as possible. But Fred's hands are that half a second quicker and they're about 80 pounds heavier than you think. And then whap, the ball is gone. It's going the other way. And you're like, how the hell did this guy just snatch the ball from me? And there's a picture of him stealing it from Giannis straight out of Giannis's hands. And it's, those forearms are rebar enforced, rebar reinforced, I should say. But yeah, just wanted to talk about those three guys. I thought they all had very, very impressive games, especially Pascal, who the whole thing with Pascal, and I've been saying this for a long time, and it was evident against these jazz, is that he has his hand in every conceivable cookie jar that contains attributes for basketball players. Grab and go, block shots, steal, on-ball defense, team defense, um, post-up, face-up, jump shot. And he's got like hezzies and size-up moves. And he's he was really, really good on the cut before he became a primary option. And he's still good on the cut every once in a while in a game when they start to use him like that. And he's getting better as a screener. He does a lot of things on the court. Bucket, mid-range, three-pointer, whatever, right? He does a lot of things. He hasn't maxed out any one thing. He hasn't found like his go-to thing. That's why you look this game. He had the horrible luck of rimming out twice on the same shot. It rimmed out, came back into the, the circle, and then rimmed out again. Just terrible luck. But he's missed a game winner that should have gone in from a spinning fadeaway shot in the middle of the mid-range. He's missed a push shot from the left block. He's missed a catch-and-shoot triple from the left wing above the break. And that speaks to how adaptable and versatile his offensive game is. He can do a lot of different things. He's just trying to max things out. But in a game like this, where he found the right mix, it really is evident how much he can do. So grabbing rebounds, getting up the court, making plays out of the post, drawing the defense in, getting downhill, making those you know quick clean passes out to the corner or above the break. It's it's all speaks to a level of playmaking that he could get really, really impressive. And he's already an impressive playmaker at his position, but he could become one of the guys as he sees more permutations of NBA defense where he'll start to manipulate at an even stronger rate and the passing will get even crisper. I'm excited to see that happen because I think that is the the sleeping giant of Pascal's game. I think the touch will come back around. He puts in work for the jumper. We've seen extended looks of his jumper being really good. I think that all comes around, but the playmaking remains one of the things I'm so excited to see progress. And in this game, I thought it was fantastic. He put up a hell of a stat line and he continues to impress. Doing it against this Jazz defense is not an easy thing, but 27 points, five rebounds, nine assists. It it should leave you pretty happy with what Pascal did tonight. And he drove a lot of what the Raptors offense was doing. 
in what was, I think, a very impressive performance by the Raptors starters. Now that the Raptors have everybody back, we can go back to complaining about how they have no bench outside of Chris Boucher. And like, yeah, that's true. They can't get any production. What Malachi Flynn had three points. Paul Watson had one. Baines had two. Boucher had 16. Big shout out Boucher. And Lowry was the lowest scoring starter at 14. The starters did their job in this game. And it was just those transitional lineups that typically, you know, the Raptors have trouble with on occasion. They they had trouble with some of them, even if they're even if they're stacking guys together. And it's just tough when there's that little shot making or shot creation on the floor. It puts a very heavy burden on guys like Van Vliet, Kyle, and Pascal to create easy looks. Typically, in some bench creation, there's a guy who can just go out and manufacture his own looks. A lot of the six-man-of-the-year candidates over you know however many years produce that type of basketball. It's a guy who you don't have to manufacture looks for him. He can anchor your defense for you know between 12 and like 28 points on any given night because he can go and steal looks from an NBA defense that there isn't a shot that the defense can you know kind of worm him into that he won't be comfortable making that adaptability to help lift up bench units transitional units the raptors don't really have a guy like that on the bench and boucher credit to him he scores wherever you put him but typically these are assisted buckets. And I, I thought he did a good job offensively in this game, punishing Rudy for dropping, even taking him off the dribble a couple times. And Boucher, obviously, the rebounding is still a thing. It's going to continue being a thing. The rebounding isn't even fixed completely completely with Baines on the floor. It remains a thing. And, you know, Boucher is still foul-prone as a player. That feeds into that whole foul thing. But regardless... Boucher is going to score the most off the bench almost every single night, and you have to you have to create the shots for him. Now, the defense might allow the shots he's making, sure, but you're just not getting the defense into positions where they're kind of panicked. You're not stretching them thin, and you're not opening up the shots that guys like Paul Watson Jr., Yuta Watanabe, Malachi Flynn, guys like that are willing to take, or Baines especially, right? You really have to put it on a platter for that dude. And so the Raptors, they just don't have any tough shot makers or guys who bend the defense to a point where they can create easy shots for their stationary offensive pieces of, of the bench. That's what that's what they lack. Like, really, like, tonight they're playing Powell in the starting lineup, and he's he was one of the, the best shot makers on the bench and occasionally a shot creator. And so they've maximized their starting lineup tonight. That's good. But it also means that they're bereft of any offensive status with their bench. And that was a big problem tonight against the Jazz because those transitional units, once again, really tough. There wasn't a bench guy who was positive. Boucher minus 10, Flynn minus 9, Paul Watson minus 11, Aaron Baines minus 5. And the Raptors, if they're going to maximize their, their starting lineup, they're also going to take some of the, what would it be, low-hanging fruit possessions that have supercharged Norm's numbers of late is that Norm was always the guy leaking out recently and he was getting into transition numbers more often and he was stationed on the weak side and then the the side-top-side action came to him and so 
his numbers go down by proxy of sharing the floor with the other guys. Some of those low-hanging fruit possessions go to OG Ananobi, who is not as good a statistically isn't as good a shooter as Norm this year, but is a hell of a shooter. And just things like that, you're just missing stuff. And the Jazz, they made their runs with their bench players. Ingles, Clarkson, chief among them, favors having, you know, not not a big impact on this game, but Rudy Gobert was pretty big in this game. He had a, I would say, a very nice game for all the things that he can do. But Ingles and Clarkson, both able to get to dangerous spots on the floor and either capitalize for their own offense or make the pass to a different player. Clarkson only one assist, but he was instrumental in breaking down the Raptors defense at a bunch of different points of contact. So it's, and he had 11 points on, I would say really bad shooting. I think, yeah, three of 13, not great and didn't make a shot inside the arc. But here's the thing. It's about being dangerous. It's about forcing the defense to shift, to put us into, you know, troubles, to put us in situations where it's tough to recover, where we have to foul, where we have to concede an open three-pointer or something like that. And the Jazz are basically the best above-the-break three-point shooting team that has ever existed. So they run a ton of actions above the break, and they're so comfortable taking shots from there that if you just pinch in a little bit, you're scared of the guy who's creeping along, you know, the left wing above the break, you think, oh, this guy can hurt me because if he doesn't hit the three, he'll hit the next one or he'll make four out of 10 or something like that. Is that sustainable for the Jazz forever? Who knows? Above the break threes are typically not the greatest currency in the NBA, but that's what they have been doing. They present danger at a lot of different points on the floor when they don't have a guy who's going to hit the shot. Typically, he's a good connector. He can get the ball from one place to another. And the Raptors, adversely, sometimes the ball just gets stuck. Look at the the dribble handoff sequences for the Jazz in this game and how much danger is involved in them and watch how the Raptors defend them and then watch maybe a sluggish dribble handoff that's run by the Raptors where they don't really create any advantages. It's just the ball changing hands. That's the problem is there's a lack of danger in a lot of the actions the Raptors are running. And this game, I don't think it was the defense that failed them. I think it was just that they... They didn't produce good enough looks down the stretch. That's tough. And maybe a little bit is up to, you know, Pascal, Fred, and Kyle to try and produce better looks. Kyle and Fred both took quick threes towards the end there, and maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. Maybe you shouldn't look into trying to manufacture something more concrete. And it's it's a tough game. And the Jazz have a good defense. They play a very conservative style, yes, but they execute it in a, a great way. And Rudy Gobert looms large at the rim. He doesn't foul a ton, given how many shots he contests, and he changes a lot of them. So guys like Fred, he, he was really smart about attacking when Gobert was out of the paint or off the floor. And it's just about finding your spots and punishing the team in different ways. But the Raptors, at the end of it all, They couldn't contain enough dribble penetration so that the ball got moving, so that they were being passed around on defense. If they're catching up, they're committing a foul, or they're not catching up at all and allowing a three. And the Jazz made them pay, and the Raptors just didn't have it at the end of it all, and they lose 115-112. to Tough game, but if it's an indication of anything, I don't think you would be upset with the Raptors if this was, if you take the six losses prior to this, right? If you take those out of play, you just look at the Raptors who lost 115 to 112 against the Jazz. You're probably like, okay, 
And especially since guys were missing, and this is OG's first game back, for example, you're pretty happy with what you saw because OG seemed back to speed very quickly. And the future of the franchise sits with Fred and Pascal, and they were both great tonight. So it's tough to complain. I find it tough to complain about this game. If they play like this every night, they'll make it into the playoffs in the topsy-turvy East, you know, maybe even maybe even top four, right? Like, it's there's a lot of crazy things happening in the East, but if they give you this effort night in and night out and they don't have any bad or rotten COVID luck or injury luck or anything like that, then this season from hell where Pascal Siakam is doomed to miss 17 game winners by the hair on his chin and <laughs> the Raptors had to move to Tampa Bay. If you want this team to make the playoffs, they play like this every night, they'll be there. There's there's no doubt about it. They'll get there if they play like this every night. And so not a ton of stuff to worry about if the Raptors do this. They'll be fine. Does it suck to lose a game like this where, you know, there were free throws made down the stretch by the Jazz and there's some shot making too? Sure. But I think the Raptors should be happy with what they with what they brought for the most part. And I was happy with it too. Reggie M's award, OG Ananobi, court coverage on ball defense, just jury rigging on offense, being everything that they need him to be. Super, super efficient, plugging in in all the meaningful ways, fouling out. Tough game. But he brought he brought a lot of important stuff and will continue to do so going forward. So I loved OG's game, as I am wont to do. I'm very happy to have him back in a Raptors jersey. He's one of the most fun players to watch. There was a little bit of an improvisational bent to his uh, his on-ball stuff. Uh, offensively, there's a nice little uh, side pick and roll that Joe Ingles did not ice. And then a rescreen, and he got to a mid-range jumper. I like that a lot. So it's uh, it's good to see OG back. Top quick reaction comment from Peace Dog. Quote, on the positive side, stuck 20 rebounds and 20 free throws. Toronto did not lose by 30, and Flynn made a three. End quote. Yeah, totally. There was so much stuff to like in this game. Process-wise, the Raptors were doing a lot of important stuff, a lot of stuff that makes a winning team. So I, I thought that was good too. And Flynn made a three like, hell yeah. His dad was angry in Facebook comments this past week and talking about, I believe it was what, that, that Malachi Flynn should be played more. And hey, he would have been really, really popular on Raptors Twitter like two months ago, maybe two and a half. So and it's his son. Like, of course he wants his son to play. Are we crazy? Like, of course, you know, I'm not going to listen to him if I'm the coach or anything like that. It's, it, I mean, hey, who, like, who cares? It's, it's a guy's dad. The dad wants to see the kid play. And yeah, Malachi Flynn, he probably wants to play more. Of course, his dad wants him to play more. And uh, yeah, just fun stuff. There's always stuff like that going on with NBA teams. Like, if you ask any fan, like, oh, has a parent of a player done something that's kind of like outrageous, especially Kings fans? They'll have something for you, I think. But anyway, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>